0: Welcome to the World Resources Institute podcast. I'm Lawrence McDonald. I'm delighted to have with me in the studio today two very special guests. Peter Thompson is the UN Special Envoy for the Ocean. Peter, welcome to the studio.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And Christian Telaki is the uh, World Resources Institute Director for Sustainable Ocean. Christian, uh, welcome to WRI and welcome to the show.
2: Delighted to be here.
0: Uh, We've just had a staff event at which Mr. Thompson gave us a terrific address. Uh, It's a big excitement for us at WRI, not only because we're all passionate about the ocean, but because WRI is uh, preparing to re-engage on ocean issues. Uh, Part of the reason for that, as uh, Andrew Steer explained to staff, is that we've seen a real upsurge in political commitment to act on the ocean and i wondered peter if you could talk to us about that you've had no small role to play in that happening yourself uh, you mentioned the first ocean conference for those who are not familiar with that and why it might matter what could you tell us about that conference
1: i'd be happy to do that Lawrence. Um but first of all can i just say how, what a pleasure it is for me to be here at wri uh, when I was president of the United Nations General Assembly's seventy-first session, WRI was our go-to place when we were uh, needing uh, experts and putting together panels for uh, supporting the Sustainable Development Goals. So I want to uh, just say how delighted I'm to be, uh, I am to be—I am to be here—and to be. Thank you to very thank much. WRI. We feel
0: privileged to have you with us.
1: In terms of the Ocean Conference, uh, those that uh, were there will remember this as the game-changer on uh, ocean action in the world. Uh, The conference was held to support SDG 14, which is the Ocean's goal to make sure that— Ocean
0: Sustainable Development Goal.
1: Yes, uh, which was uh, held to support that goal and make sure that we had the ball rolling, that there was integrity of implementation of that goal. Uh, and happy to say that by making that conference at the United Nations headquarters in New York uh, open to everybody science, business sector, member states, uh, intergovernmental organizations uh, by making it completely open, we got a huge surge of energy, uh, ideas, and enthusiasm for ocean action. And it's wonderful for me to see that it's been a year now since that conference to see around the world this massive wave of ocean action that's taking place. Uh, look at what's going to come out of G7 at the end of this week. Uh, look at what the Commonwealth did recently with their blue charter. Look at what's been done down in Antarctica with the Ross Sea uh, Marine Protected Area. Uh, look at what, uh, what's been done at the United Nations last December in terms of adopting the decade for marine science Uh, I could go on and on with this. The EU and the UK seem to be in a battle as to who's going to be most progressive in uh, uh, controlling single-use plastics. Um, There's huge awareness now uh, on the need for a a positive ocean action, because the ocean is in deep trouble. So, um, during your talk with the Albuquerque staff, you mentioned the possibility
0: of a second Oceans Conference.
1: Why is that something that would be important? Uh, Of the Four targets of SDG, uh, of SDG 14's, 10 targets, four out of 10 of those mature in 2020. Uh, there's a target which relates to sustainable management of marine and coastal ecosystems, strengthening their resilience. There's a target which relates to ending overfishing and uh, destructive fishing practices and IUU fishing. Uh, There's a target about uh, ending harmful fisheries subsidies and there's a target about uh, conserving at least 10% of coastal and marine areas into marine protected areas. So those four targets mature in 2020. So we must have a moment of assessment uh, and um, make any adjustments necessary to carry SDG 14 through to uh, complete victory in 2030.
0: This is a good moment, uh, Christian, for me to bring you in. Uh, one of the aspects of WRI's new ocean work is going to be assessing progress across a whole variety of uh, issues, uh, including those that Peter mentioned, and and tracking progress or lack thereof over time. And you're the person who is going to lead that work. So I'm, I think our listeners will be interested to know how you approach analytically the challenge of tracking, progress across so many uh, complex issues. In some cases there's data, in some cases there's benchmarks, in many cases maybe there
2: aren't. Hmm. Well, thank you very much and and delighted to be here. Part of the challenges that we have in the ocean at the moment is that many of the activities that go in the ocean are not connected. And you have many different initiatives, that, whether it's on plastics, whether it's on fishing, whether it's on subsidies, and that's part of our understanding of how goes the battle in terms of what's happening in the ocean and monitoring progress and asking that question. So part of our role is rather than going down and trying to do this ourselves, we want to be some of that binding thread and connective tissue, those other initiatives, so that when we start summing up all these bits and pieces that are work that's going on out there, we actually can get a cumulative assessment of what's happening out there. So it's that connective tissue that is the real core element of this particular work. I'm struck when you say the, oce- the issues aren't connected.
0: Of course, they're very much connected within the ocean. Of course. It's the people doing the work who aren't necessarily Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And, and,
2: that's, and that's a very important point is that you'll, you'll notice that we, we talk about the global ocean. We don't talk about global oceans. The ocean is a singular connected system, global uh, Earth system. And so we need to think about that because what you do in one place has an impact somewhere else. And I think we, if we think about it in those terms, we'll think about more carefully about what we're doing in those particular locations to the ocean. I've heard it said
0: that it's not just one global ocean, but it's really one global body of water, including the rivers and the lakes and the atmospheric water.
2: Sure, that's part of it. I think that's part of it. They certainly play a role in terms of the, sort of the water system, but they're, they're very different ecosystems in terms of their, in terms of their biodiversity and the, and the role that they play. But, of course, it is very, very interconnected.
1: Lawrence, just to back up Christian's point there and your point about everything being connected... Uh, this is absolutely essential. You know, it's one planet, there's a X amount of H2O on the planet. Uh, we're doing a lot of outreach to the freshwater community as well. You know, coming from a Pacific island, Fiji, uh, we see every day the way the ocean is connected to the rain falling on the mountain, to the river coming down to the lagoon. And it's what happens between the ridge and the sea, that really matters. Uh, it's uh, that's where the H2O is being affected by things like fertilizer, industrial runoff, sewage, plastic pollution, and so on. So we're all connected, uh, and uh, you know that's we don't see ourselves in silos at all. We, we're part of the whole uh, SDG movement.
0: Um, I want to conclude because our time is short today by asking each of you for the your vision five years out, the best case scenario for the ocean. I think, Peter, you made the case that there's a lot of commitments and a lot of action, but you also said and talked to staff, and I think even people like me who sort of casually read the news about the ocean, things are getting worse. Fish stocks are declining, the plastic problem is worse, the ocean ocean noise pollution is worse. Um, do you think that in five years we will have turned the corner, not in terms of commitments, but in terms of the state of the ocean, the biophysical state of the ocean, or is that too ambitious a goal?
1: Uh, Lawrence, I think you're right in terms of you know we are losing the battle, uh, whether you look at acidification or ocean warming uh, or uh, rising sea levels, uh, deoxygenation, all these climate change related uh, effects on the ocean. Uh, th- these are all continuing to go in the wrong direction. Uh, and so uh, it's, uh, it's absolutely right to say that we're losing the battle at the moment. The great thing, though, is that we now know we have a battle. People are engaged, governments and individuals and organizations. Uh, if you don't know that there is need for ocean action, there's something really missing in your life. Uh, so w- we are committed to the battle. I think five years might be a bit ambitious. The marine pollution target under SDG 14 uh, matures in 2025. Uh, I myself set all my uh, faith and hope, uh, and, uh, and love for the, my grandchildren, uh, in terms of giving them a healthy ocean. I set myself that target of twenty thirty. That is the SDG fourteen target, and I do firmly believe that by twenty thirty we will have won this battle.
0: Thank you very much, Christian. Your sort of mid term to long term outlook. You know, you're taking on an incredible responsibility. Uh, everybody who works on this feels passionate about it, but the, the odds can look pretty daunting.
2: Well, Lawrence, they may be daunting, but I think, you know, we are at an unprecedented times in terms of the level of interest and desire to do something in terms of the ocean's concern. We obviously need to direct that in a very careful and strategic fashion. I think in five years' time, my ambition certainly would be that the, that the solutions start outweighing the problems. And we actually start to turn the tide in that in that respect. You know, I think we need to understand that 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 a lot of these this change of culture that has been embedded for for decades of how we treat the ocean of a sort of limitless vast uh, uh, system that we can we can continue to throw things at it and it's just going to absorb it um, still holds true. And so, if we want to change that, we need to think about it along the, along the lines of of a, of a ship changing direction. You know, a ship, a big ocean growing freighter. If you ask it to turn you know, turn 90 degrees to port to the left, it, it doesn't just change on a dime. It takes five to 10 miles before that ship starts to change the direction. And we need to think about in those terms. So some of these changes are not gonna happen overnight, but if we work now to set that course, we will get to Peter's vision of 2030 to a healthier ocean. Thank you very much. Uh, my guest today, Christian
0: Telecki, the uh, new director of Sustainable Oceans here at World Resources Institute. I'm delighted to have you as a colleague, Christian. Thank you. you. And Peter Thompson, uh, the uh, United Nations Envoy for the Ocean. We're so honored to have you with us today. And thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Peter.
1: Thank you for this opportunity. This has
0: been the World Resources Institute podcast. I'm Lawrence McDonald. Until next time, I hope you'll tune in for future podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and at WRI.org.